0: none of my friends like comics This is a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a newcomer about a piece of work in the medium and we break it down to see if my friend the first time reader will pull it or drop it i'm your host nick poffenbarger and my co-host today once again is that old boy brett scott how's it going brett what's up universe what's up how you doing good good man how you doing today good good? thrilled to be here oh yeah i'm glad to have you back i really am
1: Hell of, a, see, hell of a comic book we're
0: talking about today. It is. It is. Yeah. It, I mean, and you know, we know this is going to be a, a five-star podcast because, you know, you're the one with the uh, most plays on your episode. Is that true? It actually is.
1: Uh, you beat out the first one with Max by like two plays. That's probably more credit to the content than me. Definitely. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't have hurt it. Hey, hey, we had a good conversation though, I think. Yeah, so. yeah
0: sure. See, but yeah, man, I'm a, uh, yeah, I got to say right off the bat, um, I'm excited for this episode quite a bit because uh, there's a lot of important firsts for this podcast with this episode. Uh, one, this is our first Marvel book, which is kind of insane that it took six episodes to get to this actually, because I'm- The logo is like a Marvel yeah, yeah, I was going to say the, 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 comic, the, the podcast logo is a uh, tribute to Marvel Knights. Uh, it's also the first uh, Stan Lee book we're doing, which is you know rather fitting for the first Marvel book that we do. And uh, first Silver Surfer story- so uh, a big, big moment here. A lot of firsties. It is a lot of firsts. That's yeah. a, I call it a firsty three way. Yeah. Unless we found a fourth thing. It's just the three. It's the first uh, nope. two, two issue uh, story.
1: First Mobius story. God damn it. It's the first <laughs> 24 inch book. A lot of firsts. A lot of firsts. Hu- this is a huge book, by the way. It is.
0: Yeah. It's the, the the 30th anniversary hardcover, I think. It's the size of my torso. It's like the tallest
1: book I think I own. I or can't, you-
0: I can't fit it in this fucking thing.
1: I have to put it on the regular shelf. Mm. It's, it's one of those like weird DVD collections that you get. That's like the shape of <laughs> Homer Simpson's head or something. <laughs> it's like, Whoa, I have to I fucking
0: put this. It's like what was that? the, uh, the sliders box that you had. Yeah. <laughs> that was like that weird ass, like foam, like dimension fucking hopping looking thing. And so
1: know. it has to have its own place of like reverence even though it's just fucking sliders. <laughs> yeah. This guy really likes sliders. <laughs> it's, oh, well yeah,
0: man, well. Let's go ahead and get into some facts about this book that we're talking about today. Um uh, we are talking about Silver Surfer parable, which is a two-issue story brought to us by the late and great giants of the comic book industry Stan Lee writing and Jean girard mobius on the art and letters and colors and everything else. Little background on these two guys real quick. Stanley, of course, was the face and champion of comic books as we know them for many decades, had a heavy hand in starting Marvel comics and co-creating most of the iconic characters we see, uh, being promoted through movies, TV shows, and animation today. He's the man. He's the man. He's Dan, the man Lee, John Gerard, uh, AKA Mobius. Uh, he was a French artist who heavily influenced, uh, so much of our like contemporary art and design ideas. It's actually kind of ridiculous. Uh, his primary work included a series, uh, Kind of heavily rooted in Western style storytelling that he did called Blueberry. Um, he did various pinup work for companies such as Marvel over the years. Uh, he even did a uh, pinup for uh, a Otomo's manga series Akira. They were really good friends and admired each other, I guess, which oh. is cool. Uh, was it like anime style? I mean, it was it was like, like his style, um, but you know, just like uh, that aesthetic mm. is pretty cool. He had a hand in designing some of the most important films of the last decade. Uh, He worked on Alien, Blade Runner, Tron, The Abyss, Fifth Element, all the good. Yeah,
1: yeah, all of them. Did you say Blade Runner? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. He Like art design? Yeah. Oh, my God. A lot of design element for that
0: movie. Jesus. In, like, various capacities. Uh, He also worked with uh, Jodorowsky on, like, you know, that that famous, like, Dune movie that never got made. Mm, No. So, I have
1: no clue what you're talking about.
0: Jodorowski, you know, like he did some uh art with him too in like one of some of Jodorowsky's, uh comic book work. But um uh there was this there's a whole documentary about this uh Dune movie that was never made wherein like Jodorowsky was gonna like you know cast like the Dalai Lama to play a character and stuff like <laughs> that. Like all this crazy shit. And like the documentary is really interesting and it's probably way more interesting
1: than the movie would have actually turned out for at the time, <laughs> but,
0: but it's, like it's that a
1: Nicholas Cage, Superman movie. Oh yeah. Like the, Isn't like the a documentary about that. Yeah. It's a, it's, I think it's called, uh, the death, the death of Superman lives. Was that yeah. to be Tim Burton or yeah, Tim Burton was in line to do that. be awesome. Would have
0: been fun. It would have been awesome. I, I
1: mean, I would have watched it all the fucking time. I just watched Superman, the movie for the first time. Really? Like last week. The Christopher Reeve one? Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah. know you hadn't seen that. It was goofy. It's, 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 it's good, goofy. though. I mean, it's like, oh, this is where all these, like, tropes come from. Did you believe a man could fly? It was outrageous. <laughs> is that a bird? <laughs> it was he, not good writing, I'm going to say. Yeah, I think the second one <laughs> it's is like he, kind of... He, I there, There's, like, it's in pop culture, like, he flies backwards around the world and ter- turns back to oh, yeah. But it, okay. just... Watching it happen is like, oh, fuck. You're like, wait, I have to take this serious this time? This is the laziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. But, the, like, overall, it was it was a fun movie. You gotta see the uh, the Richard Donner cut of the second one. I haven't even seen the regular cut, so. Yeah, it's, a uh, the second one I like a I, lot. I loved Lex Luthor. Yeah. I thought he Gene was. Gene Hackman, that, yeah. He was, like, that's one of the best movie villains I've seen. He's really good, yeah. yeah. Kind of campy, but, like, still you know, a real threat. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a
0: total fucking, you know, write off like,
1: yeah. you know, it's a good movie. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. I, I overall enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Cool. But yeah, so Mobius, you know, did a bunch of shit. Uh, you know, he's he's great. This uh, book premiered. With, okay, well, I was like, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're getting sidetracked already, but that's okay. It's good content. But, um, so this book, Silver Surfer Parable, uh, premiered with issue one in December of 1988, ended the following month with issue two in January of 1989. Uh, just a short descriptor with no spoilers. Um, it's a story fashioned by Lee and Mobius to primarily kind of discuss, uh, I guess religious fanaticism and like the human spirit, uh, all through the lens of Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer and the great devourer of worlds, Galactus.
1: I think it's nuts that Stan Lee wrote this. Really? <laughs> I mean, not really. Like he always had a message. Yeah, it was always kind of political or like you know, be good to each other kind of stuff. Yeah, but this is like poetic. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean,
0: um, we'll we'll get into that and kind of some overall thoughts. I'm I'm glad that you're going down that that uh, that path there though, because I have a lot to say about that too. It's it's like the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: literally half or or like the I don't know, like first starting to read this is like oh, it's literally a big parable. Uh huh. It's a this yeah. is a Bible story.
0: Yeah. It's even like, like even Noren's like a uh, narration through it is very like biblical stylized. I think mm-hmm. like the way that he talks about, you know, just the things going on around him. Like he literally says they know not what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at the beginning when like everybody we'll, we'll get into it here in a second. <laughs> but um, I guess just for context here, um, for people listening to this podcast, if you don't know who those two characters are that I just mentioned, uh, let me just go. Get over it. fucked. <laughs> Let me just go over it real quick. So in the Marvel Universe, Galactus is a cosmic entity whose hunger is so great that he must devour the life force of an entire planet to satiate it. Uh, He's seen not really as like a outright bad guy, um, even from like the beginning, like when he first appeared in Fantastic Four, 48 through 50. Um, He's uh, kind of viewed as like a necessity in the universe and like doesn't normally appear to destroy planets like... Out of like a personal vendetta to them, <laughs> he does kind of hold a little grudge against Earth because he, you know, was going to consume Earth, but he was stopped by the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer. But yeah, his his emotions and reasoning are commonly described as beyond our comprehension, like he's a god. Norrin Rad, a.k.a. the Silver Surfer, is a humanoid alien from the planet Zen law uh, He met Galactus when Galactus came to consume zen law and uh, made a deal with them to be his herald so that he would spare his planet um that's where he gets his powers and and all that jazz the power cosmic i thought he was his gerald his gerald you <laughs> <laughs> will be my gerald <laughs> it's a hey arnold reference <laughs> goddamn God damn <laughs> but yeah so um norrin like being the herald uh was tasked for you know a long time with going out and finding uh, suitable worlds for galactus to consume but upon reaching earth as we said before norrin was reminded of the beauty of life and aided the fantastic four in preventing galactus from consuming earth and for his betrayal, Galactus made it so that the surfer could never leave Earth, which is important to mention because Stanley wrote that, and this story picks up like that's still a thing. <laughs> like, he can't leave Earth. Um, they don't mention it directly, but he does stay on Earth this entire story. He doesn't go out in space or anything like that. So, What, did they change that later, you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh. They changed that later.
1: Um, I like him being stuck on Earth. I do, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool. And I mean, this story couldn't work if it wasn't Earth, you know? I t- generally... We talked about this on our last one. I like everything the way Stan Lee said it. Yeah. And then everyone changed it in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. <laughs> and I don't like those versions. <laughs> so this is good. This is why I thought this would be
0: a really fun one to do with you. So, like, uh, the first exposure, I kind of wanted to talk about because I, I think this is a bit more fun when we're getting into these characters that like everybody sort of knows or has a familiarity with. But, like, not necessarily this story, but like, uh, do you remember your first exposure to the Silver Surfer? No, I don't either. He's always, just always been there. That's what I mean too, man. Like I was like, I he's feel like, like I knew Silver Surfer before I knew like he was a Marvel comics character.
1: Like it was like, it, he's somehow iconic beyond like, I probably didn't know anything about him. Yeah. I don't think I did either. He like ju- he's, he's just like a, a, uh, an image.
0: Yeah. Like I really racked my brain about it and I can kind of remember like my dad had a magazine that had like a Silver Surfer ad in it or something. Like I remember seeing that and I also think I remember seeing it at a local grocery store when I was a kid, like they had a spinner rack and like I'd see comics there. Sometimes I'd buy like a Sonic comic or an Iron Man comic or something. But like, I think I remember seeing Silver Surfer there before too. But like, I genuinely don't know, like when I, when it just came to mind, like, I feel like I just always
1: knew who Silver Surfer was. He's (laughs) like, and granted he like interacts with Fantastic Four and all of them, like, you know, all the time, but he's kind of like his own, uh, figure, you know. Yeah. Or at least I've always thought so. He's he's kind of behind everything like uh just uh, I don't know, doing his own thing.
0: Yeah. But yeah, um I guess I could say like when I got into comics, um the Silver Surfer was a big thing because I was obsessed with like the cosmic end of Marvel and like you know, I read his mini from there was this big event in the mid 2000s called Annihilation, which uh one day will probably do on this show but like it's this big like kind of reformation event that they did for like all the cosmic properties in marvel and it was just fucking awesome it's super cool and it like incorporated everybody and like revamped a lot of characters and of course the silver surfer was a big part of that and um, after i read that i was like oh i need more and um i think the book that i got after that was silver surfer requiem by uh, j michael schrasinski and um which is like a Marvel Night story about like if the sober surfer was dying and it's really good touching. But uh Sad. yeah. Have you seen the cartoon? I've seen like two episodes. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> I just remember To one, me, my board. <laughs> I remember when there's an episode where he uh encounters Thanos and Thanos is just yeah. like
1: Surfer. <laughs> yeah, Thanos I think Thanos is like one of the main villains in the, the series. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it's a long series. No, it's it was like like
0: one season or something. And like, just like maybe a few handful of episodes or something.
1: I thought it was cool. And I think like beta Ray bill was in it and like
0: all the cool shit.
1: Yeah. It's awesome.
0: But yeah, like with this like story in particular, I remember like looking up silver Surfer stuff, like trying to just find more things to read of his. And at the time the, uh, series, like you could find the old school series, the Stanley one, Um, in like the omnibus form, but it must've been out of print because it was like way overpriced at the time. The issues weren't really collected in trades yet. So like, I think this was one that I was able to find, um, not this particular version. It was like a, a trade, a regular size trade, but, um, uh, I was able to find that and it was like, Oh cool. Stan Lee silver surfer. Like, you know, that was like the big thing. And this was like my first like known exposure to Mobius's art as well, which
1: I thought was pretty cool. Did you know who Mobius was? No, I've never heard of that. Pretty but cool. apparently I love his work. Yeah, <laughs> big deal.
0: But yeah, I guess we could go ahead and just jump into the story here. Just go through it as we normally do on the show and um, uh, talk about it as we go. And before we do our big old wrap up and talk about the overall stuff, which I think might be a bit more uh, abundant in this episode since the story's so short. But um, yeah, just go ahead and start going through it. Um, uh, as always, full spoilers ahead. So, you know, listeners, you've been warned about that. The story starts, uh, it begins when we see like an object falling to earth and it looks like a shooting star, but upon closer inspection is revealed to be an alien spacecraft and the news breaks out before it lands on earth and everybody immediately just goes fucking insane. (laughs) Like, like there's like riots and looting and everything you can imagine. And, uh, this whole thing, like these opening pages, is uh, actually narrated by the Silver Surfer, who's basically just bumming around Earth, like he's been stuck here forever. Um,
1: he seems like really broken and like he's just given up. I was instantly like, "This is way too heavy for Stanley." <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a much more of a direct approach for him, I think.
1: Yeah, at first the report is greeted with disbelief, but soon it turns to shock, fear, and mounting terror. And still, I sleep. <laughs> What the? It's fuck? fucking awesome. It's not like tune in next time for the fantastic fantabulism the, of the, the silver centurion of the
0: skyways. <laughs> like you know, like it's a. And, and that's not to say that like this book doesn't have its like you know, crazy like you know alliteration and 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 like you know. Descriptions that Stanley was known for, but it definitely is a lot more. Like, see that? I. It's like I feel like it's a lot. It's a lot more. Yeah, it's more laser focused on like the topic. Like he clearly had something to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We can go into. We'll go into that a little bit later too. About like uh, when him and Mobius like you know sat down and talked about doing a book together. Yeah, and like, uh, and it's just uh, especially for this time, it was pretty cool for Stan to do something like this. And just, you could tell he was just itching to do something, you know, because yeah. like he'd just
1: been being publisher. And I can't imagine like, and granted, apparently this Mobius guy is a pretty big deal himself. Yeah, yes. Like Stanley calls you one day, like what?
0: They the met, fuck? They, apparently it was like when they first met, um, the first time they were able to meet each other was at a, uh, it was San Diego Comic-Con of like 87 or something. And they just went out and had dinner and they were both just like, we should do something together. It's like, you know, <laughs> and it was like silver surfer and he's like, yeah, like. No one ever says no to that. No, yeah. I think it was Mobius who was the one who said Silver Surfer. Like, he was like, we should do Silver Surfer. And Stan's like, yes, because like, he loves Silver Surfer. Like So, yeah, like, uh, as we were just saying, you know, like, the events are all narrated by the surfer who's like, you know, just kind of like a broken, like, you know, bumming around version of himself at this point. Um, uh, he <laughs> He's clearly Christ in the desert. <laughs> It's very yeah, very religious context. But yeah, he even has a, a point in the narration after like he describes the chaos of like everybody going insane. Where he says, "I feel no surprise. I have seen too much of man's insanity." <laughs> and like you're just like fuck. <laughs> like yeah, I just want to say like yeah, Silver Surfer's like demeanor and the little bit we've seen so far would suggest that this story like obviously like has to take place in some like uh, some kind of future. It's not like super technologically advanced or anything, but it seems far enough for 1988 that that was kind of the implication. Like some of the characters' clothes kind of
1: suggest this too, mm. but there's like... I didn't really get that. I guess the priest guy yeah, is kind it, of... But I, I thought of that as, That's just like a kooky cult thing.
0: Well, and I just think it too, because there's no other... And maybe this is just because they wanted to tell a purely Silver Surfer story. I was going to say, Spider-Man would pop yeah, in here. There's no other superheroes or cameos like... At all, um, not even like Silver Surfer support characters, you know, like who who would normally appear in a book like this. Like, there's nothing. Like, and it just feels like he's just been there forever. Um, so much so too because later on they uh, we'll get into it here in a bit, but um, they say that there one of the characters says that he was more like a legend. Like, they don't know, like that, like some people didn't know that the Silver Surfer was real.
1: I guess I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> like, don't know enough about his like presence in that universe. Yeah, they're like uh, I thought he was. I don't know, just kind of like uh, flies around in the skies and does stuff behind the it avoids scenes. Avoids things. Yeah. It's like, a, yeah. but you know, I mean,
0: in the context of like the regular Marvel universe, like people would definitely know who he is because he's that guy who went around the world and, you know, told them that their world was going to die or whatever
1: for that one time. And he's on all the Joe Satriani album covers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They would at least know from that. Like canon in the Marvel universe. <laughs> but <laughs> we, oh, there's
0: also this portion like. You play um,
1: Bongos on that album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. But yeah, if I could. Um, we also get a. Uh, there's a couple of panels that I really love in this um, uh, that I just wanted to point out real quick uh, where he's talking about how he lives in like his memories and rec- he recalls his home planet, Zen Law. And like, I love Mobius's like depiction of it. It's like this weird, like Shakespeare esque planet. And we see him and his old love Shalabal like gazing at each other and they're in like this mid musical number type of pose.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> but that's kind of what I pictured it from, like from the cartoon and stuff. It was kind of like this paradise, like Rivendell place. Yeah, it, it very much. It has that very, it has a very like old religious painting, yeah, like
0: vibe to it, if that makes any sense. Uh, that's just kind of the, the way that I see it in, in this, but I really like it. And this is the only mention, he doesn't
1: even say. Zen Are they law. silver? Did Galactus turn him silver? Galactus turned him silver. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, uh,
0: while the silver surfer like waxes poetic about the folly of mankind and his lack of sympathy for them, like some cops start to give him trouble. Cause he's literally just like dressed in like bum clothes in an alley. And, uh,
1: you know, cops can't get enough of messing
0: with bums. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's what they do. Like, have you met your quota? Have you messed with enough bums this week? <laughs> <laughs> a, he's uh they, they don't know who he is. Like I said, as he dresses like a homeless man carrying around surfboard wrapped in cloth, which is funny. <laughs> but like, uh, they, uh, they give him some guff about like, you know, they're like, you got to get out of here or whatever. But then they're like immediately distracted. Uh, when the previously mentioned ship like actually makes landfall, like it's not in like the atmosphere or anything anymore. It's like landing and uh, the whole world stops to pay attention and this big like deafening sound overtakes everything and from the ship appears none other than galactus oh shit like shoots down God damn, not that guy <laughs> it's here we get some kind of hint too that uh i was saying how this must be like kind of far off into the future or like another universe because the surfer like clearly states <laughs> that they've never seen anything like this ship before even though later it will become clear that at the bare minimum like the original Galactus trilogy that Stanley wrote in Fantastic Four 48 through 50 are, are canon because he
1: you know swears that he wouldn't mess with Earth or whatever. I guess that so, makes sense. But then like they would have, I don't know, somebody would have written a, about that. Yeah. You know, that would exist in the memory if, if a, you know. You would think. 12 story tall alien guy. But it sounds more biblical if he says they've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I thought I thought of this just as like it's just its own thing. Like, yeah, he just wrote this, and this is kind of separate from everything else, you know. Yeah, yeah, but
0: it is part of the plot that like Galactus is, you know,
1: sworn to not take Earth or whatever. Yeah, like, like that exists, but yeah, I guess I I just didn't think about it. Yeah, I, I thought of it as something you're not supposed to think about too too deeply.
0: That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. So. Galactus stands all proud and stoic and decrees to the world that humanity has too long wallowed in war, poverty, and crime. And he tells the planet that in return for
1: their homage, he brings them a new era. And Now, he is standing on top of buildings. Like, he's he's killed a lot of people already. Probably. Don't you think that breaches his little? contract? Uh, you know, I mean... You can see. And, like, when the spaceship lands, the jets are, like... Maybe he's a little flashing Blasting holes in the fucking earth. <laughs> he like does
0: appear um like when he first beams down there on that page that you're in. Mm-hmm. Like he like, it's like he's created within the beam. So maybe he just moves the things out of the way. Moves the little cars out of the way. Look, his feet are in a pillar of flame and smoke. Well, maybe it's just beam. All right. Whatever. Maybe. I don't know. He breaks his promises all the time. Like, so it's, it's whatever. Oh, he's not a good guy. He's not. No. <laughs> Not in this story, <laughs> but, uh, uh, now, uh, all we know is that Galactus is standing there looking cool, but it actually like works like all f- it's shown on like the news that like all fighting and terrorism and stuff just ceases. Um, everybody's just like scared. It's like he like held a giant gun to the world, you know? And, uh, we meet like this TV evangelist by the name of Colton Candel, who is, uh, watching everything unfold on the news with his sister, uh, Elna. Or Elena, Elena, maybe it's E L Y N A. E-L-Y-N-A. I guess Elena. Eloyrona. <laughs> yeah. And like Colton immediately take is like taken with the idea to use Galactus in like a religious scheme to get his numbers
1: back up. Uh, and Classic televangelist. Yeah. Insta- Fuck instantly
0: guys. fucking evil. <laughs> and like, and Ellen.
1: What's that? Joel Osteen or whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, but like Elena comes across like you know innocent, naive, but she immediately is like you know. I don't know about this Galactus like Colton, you know, we have to be careful. And, uh, we cut to what I presume is like a little while later and Norin witnesses Colton like preaching on TV and he like claims himself as the prophet of Galactus he even says he summoned him here with like his prayers and that Galactus speaks through him and all this stuff. And it's just an opportunist basically. And like, I love how this immediately causes religious radicalization. Like people are already beating people up for questioning the word of the prophet and stuff. And Galactus himself even goes as far to pronounce them. I quoted it here. He says, I come to set you free from guilt, free from worthless man-made laws. If you would be saved, do what you will take, what you will. There is no wrong. There is no sin. Pleasure is all. So speaks Galactus.
1: It's I know this happens all so fast because it's just two two issues. issues, Yeah, this is another thing that we talked about a lot in the last one. Like it's it all has to be pretty condensed, but it's like this is what people would do. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would probably take a hundred years, but like this would happen. Yeah, it's like it's it's not all that like far fetched. Sadly, you know.
0: Uh, But yeah, so like after this, the city goes just like completely insane, and like martial laws declared. uh, Colton has been like requested to meet with the president to figure out how to restore order. But Colton like doesn't give a shit. Um, he says he wants whatever Galactus wants and that's all that matters. And, uh, the surfer at this point is like, you know, he still dresses like a homeless dude and he, uh, meets Colton on a rooftop where he just landed in a helicopter and confronts him at this point, And he calls him out for like being a liar. And Colton's all like, you know, guards kill this guy like immediately. <laughs> and, uh, but, Elna or Elena actually steps in and she like begs her brother to spare him for sure. She's like, for surely one voice cannot harm her brother's cause, you know? And, uh, Colton does listen to her and proceeds on leaving Nora and Noran and, and Elena behind to kind of talk. And Noran basically lays out to her, like how her brother lusts for power and how this is not going to work out for the human race. And, uh, Elena tries to Kind of question his reasoning. She wants to support her brother, but even she, like, obviously sees the folly in like, this approach. And uh, there's a great exchange where, after Nora, Nora names a bunch of the shit going on and is like, How can you obey a being who encourages these things? And Elena says that uh, she has had those same thoughts, but, like, when she has them, she feels guilt because it implies that she lacks faith. And Norrin has one of the best lines in the book, where he says, uh, "Faith without judgment merely degrades the spirit divine." Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at that. I really, I really like that a lot. Um, that's what I like. This came out of Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he can write some stuff. I know, man. He's like Silver Surfer was obviously, like his... obviously, obviously. I'm teasing him a little bit for yeah. being like corny. Yeah, but I mean, he... he he's clearly like a fucking legend for a reason. Yeah, and I mean, Silver Surfer.
0: He's said in multiple interviews, like, this was his muse to, like, really, like, try some, like, writing. You know, it's like, if you ever even read that original series uh, with John Buscema doing the art, like, it's it's a lot like this.
1: Um, John, it, Buscemi. <laughs> John Buscemi? John <laughs> Buscemi. Just, like, covered in vomit. And stuff.
0: <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it is a lot like this. It's a bit more all over the place. You know, like he's just like he's putting so forth so many different ideas. Like this is much more laser focused on the idea, but um, it's I a wish, lot like this.
1: I wish this was like a big,
0: like a a series. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Mobius is doing the art and
1: plotting out and stuff too. Just as it is, this is probably overall thought stuff. It's like so to the point that it's like a little hamfisted. Or it could be like the message could be sprinkled in a little bit more delicately. Yeah, if there was more room for it to there, breathe. There's like one or two parts in particular, and I and I have it listed on here when we get to it
0: in the story that are like I'm like okay, like clearly Stan wanted to say something here. You know, like it's like it's it. Go, it's but every
1: it's it, every single scene. <laughs> I don't know, like well, I mean, he obviously wanted to this say something. Is the way of mankind <laughs> and the nature of true evil.
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have to have you read his last quote. I have that quoted in here that I wanted to
1: end. But, silver um, surfer.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll, get to it at the end, <laughs> but I like your voice. More. <laughs> so, um, uh, after that, uh, Norrin goes on to say that like this whole thing has influenced him to take action, you know, because he's just been dormant this whole time. And, uh, when Elena asks if he thinks he can make a difference, Norrin says yes. And reveals himself to be the silver surfer. And, uh, he has this good little spiel about like failure, not being a disgrace and how anybody like, you know, one man can make a difference. Uh, I, I I always found this page really striking. I was going to ask you, like, what do you think about like the, this whole like reveal of him, like it, revealing himself as the surfer? Because, uh I kind of like how it's against the backdrop of like this shitty building, and it's not like some stereotypical superhero close-up moment. It's a bit more like grounded, and like he's kind of far away, and it's just like, oh, are you talking about this page? Yes, yeah, the full page reveal there.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's again, kinda, it's like a religious painting. Yeah, it's kind
0: of like art housey too. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I really like it. It's like kind of striking to me. It always has been. Because I don't know. I guess you just always expect, like, you see him in the previous panel, like, you know, throwing off his hat and you're like, oh, it's going to be the big superhero close-up moment, have a flashy background. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, he's just on the shitty rooftop.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, he's here to, uh, to help make this right. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. I guess to me, it's, it, it, this feels religious. Like, yeah, he's around the impoverished and. And like, I guess it's too. Also, just kind of striking because like,
0: it's the first reveal in the story that we get of uh, Mobius's version of the Silver Surfer, and he's a bit more like lean. You know, he's not like the suit. I mean, this this has been done before as well, but like, I like how he's just kind of like a lean little dude. You know, I mean, not like, as
1: swole as he used to
0: be. Yeah, and like when he, you'll see later when he like flies around, it's like it's very like surfing is mostly
1: cardio. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's like when he flies around and stuff, it's very like you know, um, it's a lot less like fluent as he's typically drawn where like, it'll be more like he's surfing the skyways. It's like, he moves like just at improbable kind of physics, but it's like, it's really cool and interesting. Um, so like that's the end of the first issue. So like when we get into the second one here, I picked up right after and, uh, Elena says, uh, she thought the silver surfer was like a mere legend from when she was young. Uh, and, um, like we were talking about before, but I figure I could bring it up here. Uh, I find this element of the story kind of fascinating and I love like the indicated, like, you know, kind of place your own history here (laughs) um, kind of thing. Uh, I know that like the exact history of what all happened in this world or this, you know, theoretical story isn't
1: important, but it's just kind of fun to think about. Are you like, talking about Galactus's, like, original... Not
0: just Galactus, but, like, what happened Earth? in this world, like, with all the other superheroes and things? How oh. long has it been? Like, you know, and that type of I stuff. I see,
1: yeah. Like, I, I guess I didn't read into any of that or see... Like, what, what panels are you talking about specifically? Oh, just the beginning of the second issue,
0: when he's, like, uh, when him and Elena are talking. I think you were on it.
1: Oh Yeah, just when they're
0: talking, because she's like, uh, oh, like, I thought you were just a legend from when I was a little girl. Oh, I or see. Or whatever.
1: Yeah, like, she she implies that, you know... I guess, yeah, I guess so. Then that would make this at least, like, 20 years in the future. Yeah, something
0: like that. I mean, like, it's just a, it's just an interesting thought exercise. I don't know. Just place my own
1: canon in there. Well, Spidey's I retired love- by now. Yeah. Or dead. Or dead. Does he die? Did he die? Well, I don't know. He's still, like, 20 and... Yeah, he's, oh, like, 29 he- or whatever. Okay. <laughs>
0: They're like, not 30, though. Fuck. Not 30, though. He's too old. Wait, we gotta put him back in
1: school. <laughs> sucks when you're older than spider-man yeah it's weird and he should be like 60 yeah motherfuckers definitely <laughs> there are some stories they've done like that there's some, there's some neat stuff i guess like into the spider-verse yeah right he popped in as a middle-aged, middle-aged guy. guy
0: yeah that was kind of fun save it so uh noren explains to elena uh that like you know her kind like he explains again basically like her kindness has influenced him to try his best against this threat and he rides off to confront galactus uh, upon reaching Galactus, Norrin is all like, why'd you break your vow? You said you'd never attack earth. What are you doing? And Galactus is like, I didn't do that. It's technicality, you know, or <laughs> he's, he says that he's not, uh, breaking his pledge. And it becomes clear that, you know, Galactus is simply just, he, he's activating his old trap card, you know? <laughs> he's like a Yu-Gi-Oh! Bomb yeah damn he's like he plans to let humanity destroy itself and then kind of reap the reward of sustenance afterwards um and it's uh, just it's funny to think of him like trying to like scheme this like I like thinking too that fuck, like I'm if this am ha- hungry if this has been like a hundred years it took him that long to think of this like, you
1: know, like you- what if I just what if it's one of those like he didn't really think it through? He just like, I'm just gonna go and like see what happens. I'm just gonna stand there. Like, what <laughs> I'm not touching anything, I'm not doing
0: anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically Galactus's plan in this book, but yeah. So, and you know what, there's what's kind of funny about this is like we've actually seen this in like various like what if stories or like you know, alternate futures in the Marvel Universe. Like, it's not usually while people are like still around on the earth, it's usually like you know. Like after the apocalypse happened and there's only like the Hulk left or something and Galactus comes to like, finally, you know, take the earth or some shit. Like it's a, it's stuff like that. So, uh, you know, this isn't something that we haven't seen before in the comics, but it's still just fun. And uh, I think we
1: saw it in silver, uh, uh, fantastic four 2 rise of the silver surfer. Wasn't he like a cloud of dust? He was a cloud of dust that had the shadow of the helmet in the moon, but they were too cowardly to show
0: Galactus, you know, that was a bad era. <laughs> That was a bad time. <laughs> those movies are kind of guilty pleasures for me though. I actually kind of enjoy the silver those. surfer was cool in that. He was, he was, and he, he was voiced by Lawrence Fishburne, right? I don't remember. I think it was Lawrence Fishburne, I trust you his but. voice. That was cool. I liked the surfer in that movie. He was cool. But yeah. Uh, so surfer tries to explain like, you know, uh, to the worshipers like down on the ground, uh, that this is all a trick by Galactus. Like he's just telling them the truth, uh, but they aren't having any of it. Um, instead, uh, they insult him and attack him with like guns and military grade weapons, and um, I love that they like. There's just various people in the crowd. And they call him sicko, baldy, and a lying white skinned freak. It's <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, just like that is so human, just really mean. <laughs> like, like humans are just like low level assholes. Yeah, <laughs> they
0: all they the, all the baldi all the humans besides Elena have like two emotions in this book. Like they're just you know black or white. You I see guess. what Stanley thinks of like mob mentality. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, that comes across pretty clear in this one. Yeah. It's a, uh, but um, surfer, you know, even though he's being attacked, he merely just dodges all their attacks and refuses to strike back. Like knowing they aren't thinking rationally. Uh, Galactus actually tells them to stop and goes to attack the surfer himself, but the surfers too fast for him. But Galactus kind of manages to do a lot of harm and kill a lot of people in the city uh, and like knocking down buildings and shit. And, um, Norrin even saves one guy who was, uh, I think the guy, the same guy who fired the, uh, like bazooka at him or something like absurd. And, um, this is like, to me, this moment in the book is like quintessential silver server stuff, all that cosmic power in the universe, but not strong enough to sway human emotion until it's <laughs> too late. You know, like that type of shit. It's just, it just, that's, it's home. That's Superman stuff too. That's
1: Superman stuff too. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Like, also all the, the, I feel names, like a lot more all the people... names and stuff from silver surfer planet sound very Kryptonian. Yeah. Very Jor-El. Like, yeah. you know, what's yeah. his name? Jor-El. Jor-El is Superman's daddy. What is silver surfer's name? Noron, Norin rad, Noron rad. Yeah. That feels, yeah, it is kind of, that could be <laughs> Tolkien too.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we uh, cut back to Elena, um, who has gone to see Colton and he's like meditating in this weird, like little cult place. Um, And he's got like some nice
1: crystals in there.
0: Yeah, he's got some crystals. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but uh his guards like don't even want to let her through. They're like, you can't disturb the prophet while he's meditating. And uh uh but he's like let them let her through or whatever. And um she starts to tell him that like following Galactus blindly is a bad idea, but he interrupts her and accuses her of heresy. And uh she rightfully refutes back that it she's like, Is it heresy to question? Like, you know, and uh why would the supreme beings give us minds if not to use them? You know, and like all the classic, like, you know. Religious arguments, I guess, that that people make in in this kind of conversation. And uh, this is one of the moments I think this is the most like Stanley working through his feelings page. <laughs> um, it just kind of feels like that. Um, it gets a little too convenient in the dialogue, but overall it works. And I'm just glad that the narrative is more
1: laser is focused like, in this story. It is that argument that we all have as teenagers, like questioning things. And it's like in our heads, it's like, but why aren't we supposed to think why would he not let us, you know, it's like God was good. Why would he make bad stuff <laughs> yes, like exactly. that type of shit? Yeah, it's but uh, it, I think it's well done. For yeah,
0: it's well done. Having it's, to cram it in this. Like. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, and and I feel like he gets to work through it all, which is which is good, you know, Um, uh, Colton, like, sends her away and thinks more about how Galactus is like a stepping stone for him to gain more power. Uh, he's just not, you know, fucking giving up on that at all. Uh, Back in the city, Galactus attacks the surfer. Causing like collateral damage all around again. Uh, this is probably my favorite splash page in the book too. Um, just Galactus like eye lasering a building <laughs> and the surfer dodging the attack with like the trace line behind him. It It's unfortunately 9-11-y looking. It is very nine eleven 11 y looking. That's, that's <laughs> for sure. But it's fucking cool. It, it, is, just, is, <laughs> like, like, it is cool. Like, I love like this is kind of what I was talking about too <clears> with the way that the surfer moves like with the trace line behind him. Like it just, yeah, it's super cool. I really like the way that he draws him. Yeah. flying around and shit. It looks great. And like Noren, like uh, you know thinking through this fight is like, you know, he just decides to flee so that Galactus may stop like rampaging or at least get him away from like all the people, but um he's quickly caught in a beam from Galactus's ship that keeps him like within range. And uh back with Elena, She's being escorted by one of her brother's followers. Um, When some government officials arrive on the roof with a helicopter, uh, they argue with the follower guy for a bit because they want to see Colton. They're like, if he has a direct line to Galactus, then we need to get a hold of him or whatever, you know? (laughs) And, um, uh, like they, they start to kind of argue and, um, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, big dick measuring contests between each
1: other and, uh, this, this is the best face in the book. It's when they're oh the one followers of the cult face? guys is arguing with the government guy. He's like, "You dare malign the mighty star god and his chosen prophet?" But he, his face is like, he's so fucking mad contorted in rage. Yeah, he's so goddamn mad and ugly. You know, Stanley was like, <laughs> "I want you to show the evil that humanity <laughs> can produce with such fervent." I don't know, fucking. And Moby's like, "Okay, <laughs>
0: I'll do, I'll do that." Like the, during their argument though, uh, Elena actually slips by and steals the helicopter. Um, but she's shot by one of the fanatics in the chest or slash shoulder, whatever that is. It's like, it's like her chest, I guess. But, um, uh, she plans to, she's thinking to herself, she's like, I got to go to Galactus and, and plead like for him to stop. Uh, there has to be a way. And, uh, back with Galactus and the surfer, they now have like this full blown clash And Galactus actually tells Norrin that he has no wish to harm him. And if he stops trying to fight him, he'll spare him. But the surfer refuses. And uh, they continue like this devastating fight as Elena approaches. And she's like on the verge of passing out because she got shot. And Galactus actually notices the helicopter and asks who dares approach him or whatever. And um, uh, this is where we cut back to Colton. And like one of his followers tells him that his sister has escaped. And they go to view the situation on like a monitor right as like the helicopter begins to wobble and plummet. And Colton screams, he's like, he's like Galactus, like you can't let her die, you know, but Galactus just like
1: watches. I like, want to know he, what her plan was. I think she was, I don't know. I, I, I guess like maybe she's she just going to kamikaze him and I don't, of humanity? I don't think, I don't think so. I think she
0: was going to talk to him. Oh, like see. she says, like I, she was going to plead to him. Okay. Like, you know, like, like
1: stop this, like you oh, know, okay. what you're doing. She took the lesson that like anybody can.
0: Yeah. From, from Norrin earlier. Yeah. yeah. And like, so, you know. But Galactus obviously just watches. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and Norrin like notices that it's her and rushes to save her. But Galactus actually shoots him before he can save her and it causes her to crash and she dies. And, like, Colton immediately— I didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I expected him to,
1: like, breathe life back into her. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, you would think, you know, but no, she she straight up dies. And, like, that causes Colton back at, like, you know, his compound or whatever. He immediately turns on Galactus, (laughs) and he's, like, screaming that, like, his sister was a saint, and now, like, he's a sinner for deifying a devil. And it's like, fuck.
1: I like how angry— silver surfer gets here yeah like it's the the dichotomy where the bad guy is calm and the good guy is pissed yeah and it's like uh uh kind of reverse what you normally get and it shows that like it's human to to feel things
0: yeah it's even, an- another another hallmark of the silver surfer it's like he's an alien but he may be more human than all of us even jesus i, I mean silver surfer <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so this does like you know gets surfer like you know, he, he's reinvigorated to like try and stand up to Galactus. Like, but he's just, he's just pissed, you know? And like, uh, he, it even shows like, um, uh, the world kind of gets that way too. Cause even it shows like the president, um, showing a bit of like initiative, like the same as Norrin at the moment, um, where he's saying like, it would be cowardice not to try, like, which I think is a quote from Norrin at the end of the first issue when he says like, it would be cowardice not to try, like, you know, even though he is just one man. And, uh, you know, so Norn, like, you know, he he goes after, or he goes after Galactus with like all he has, but unfortunately, Galactus gains the upper hand and clasps like the Surfer between his hands, and, you know, it, it, norin is about to like accept his final fate, like in the narration, when like out of nowhere, a lot of fighter jets approach and they're shooting Galactus from like every angle, and of course, like this doesn't do anything to Galactus, like he's just kind of standing there watching them like attack him but like he stands and watches as they attempt to aid the
1: surfer just makes a sad little puppy dog face he does yeah he's like he's
0: like, and he realizes that the surfer has won he's changed their minds and he lets him go and uh, the surfer has defeated him like in this aspect and uh, I like when Galactus releases uh, Norrin too because he's just like in a fetal position like oh no (laughs) like (laughs) just
1: with a surfboard next to him about to like cosmically
0: implode yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, Galactus, uh, you know, swears to, like, his previous vow, but pledges to return one day, and then rides off in a ship. And uh, later on, Norrin is summoned to a UN hearing, wherein, like, they all just kind of apologize to him. See, uh,
1: this, in this next scene, I was even thinking, like, now, like, what humans would really do after accepting the message of this guy is then deify that guy. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happened in real life, and then— and then fucking, it happens,
0: yeah, yeah, no, it happens. So, so, <laughs> so,
1: I think that's great that they went into that.
0: Yeah, it's not like total, however,
1: however briefly
0: it is. Yeah, it's, and it's not total happy ending there too. You know, I mean, like yeah. it's like so later on, Noren is summoned. Like, like I said, he he goes to this this UN hearing, and uh, they they start calling him like their savior, and Noren like tells him he's not and they can't like place one man above another. And when he says that they respond like fanatically and they're immediately like, Oh, he's so humble. <laughs> like he needs to lead us. We will be your disciples. And like norin just stands there and basically thinks to himself like Jesus Christ, like these people need to have faith in themselves. <laughs> like, and, uh, so he decides to play along and like, he, he tells them, he's like, he's like, fine, I'll lead you. And he just makes like all these like sketchy demands like where he's like, you know, uh, uh, they have to do everything that you have to do everything I say. Um, I get one third of the world's wealth. Um, I don't have to follow laws and like all this stuff. And then they, that just makes everybody mad and they all stand up to him and
1: immediately turn on him and they're like calling him names and telling him to leave. And Noren, but that's like what people did with Kings and shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't, I don't believe that they would suddenly, they would turn on him like that. I, I feel like they go, all right. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, you know, but, you know, it's just to illustrate that's what the point. we do with the fucking government. Granted, that's a different, you know, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, you know,
0: but it, it's, it's just the, you know, to illustrate that point, I think even further, you know, but like, uh, you know. I love, I love the panel too, where Norrin, like, even though they're berating him, he just smiles and he like rides away, you know, and uh, Colton classic. It, to me, my board. To me, my board. Yes, and like Colton is uh, the only one. He's actually in this crowd, and he's yelling. He's like, "Don't listen to him! Like, he, don't you see what he's doing?" And uh, he's the only one that realizes like what Norrin is actually doing, and uh, he wants Norrin to stay with them and lead them. And as Norrin flies away, he says, uh, "Why? Why would you do it? You could have had it all. You could have been a god. A god. You threw it all away just for us. And the tragedy of it is, we don't deserve it." Powerful. Yeah. And then the, the last page is a full page of Noren floating above Earth with his head down. Uh, it's super cool and, in my opinion, iconic to the character. Uh, it's kind of the end of uh, Dark Knight. Kind, <laughs> of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> and uh, his narration is really great, too. Um, here, this is the part I was talking about, Brett. You want to give the Silver Surfer voice a try?
1: The whole thing here? Yeah, yeah, just that page. I ride my bolt. It matters not how far. It matters not how fast. I have no destination. I go where the winds of chance may carry me. I have known heady exaltation of victory. I have known the gnawing pain of defeat. But I shall never cease searching for an oasis of sanity in this desert of madness that men call Earth. For the the worst fate of all, amidst countless worlds and endless stars, is to be forever alone. And that is the end of Silver Surfer Parable. Nice butt shot here, too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love that, that last page, dude. That's, like, iconic to me, like, for Silver Surfer like just, just floating hang- above the earth, hanging his head. Yeah. <laughs> like That's some good shit. But yeah, that's the end of the story. Um, like I said, a pretty short one, uh, but you know, effective nonetheless. Um, uh, so uh, we can go into some overall thoughts here. I mean, we definitely touched on some stuff, but, um, you know, I got a few like points that I wasn't able to wholly bring up at least. And I figure, you know, we can ping pong a bit back and forth here for a sec. Uh, sure. But like, um, uh, I did want to ask you like right off the bat, like, what stood out to you the most of the story? Like what, like, even though we kind of went over that, but like, what did you get out of it the most? You know, the fact that
1: Stanley like
0: actually could write
1: really. <laughs> yeah. Good. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's basically Passion of the Christ in 20 pages of pastel superhero action. Yeah. Um, which I, I thought is a, it's a really cool thing to do. Again, I'd like it to be longer. Yeah. Um, this one, I, I think that
0: no one would disagree with you that. Mm-hmm. They would want to see more from these guys do this. It's like,
1: know? and it's just the nature of the format. Again, it's kind of heavy handed um, when it could have, it really didn't have to like be so literal about all this stuff. It could have like, you know, like I, it, it could have like peppered in the the morals a little bit. I and kind of feel like the a, rest of it, we, you, you, you get it, you know, like, yeah, it's not like this is, I kind of feel like an early, like a, like a teenager.
0: Would think that this is like the most heady, fucking cool shit ever. Yeah. Like, you know, for like, sure. you know? And that's, <laughs> like it's uh, that's kind of what it is. It's kind of all know? ages it's... in that regard, though, because I mean, we've read stories like this forever, but like it does kind of come off like philosophy 101. Yeah. But like in a way, like that's just cool that it gets us to talk about it. Yeah. You
1: know? I mean, like, you know, it's, and it uh, sets the stage for actual heady comics that came like in the 90s and 2000s.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I think like, <laughs> I think my favorite thing about it or what I take away from this story in particular is, uh, it's like this perfect, more modern distillation of those early Stanley silver surfer stories like that, that I've read before, you know, and, um, uh, those were kind of all over the place thematically, as I mentioned, I mean, they're, they are kind of like this, you know, where he's tackling some stuff he actually cares about. And the surfer is like his voice piece for that, you know, but like, um, uh, You know, like I said before, I mean, like, I just love that, um, this one has a clear message that is worth, you know, exploring in my opinion. And Mobius's art is just like a huge, huge, huge addition. Um, it adds its own layers and discussions on by itself, you know, to the mix, I think. Um, but yeah, like, um, speaking of which too, like, what what did you think of Mobius's art? Like, uh, like, you know, his depiction of the surfer Galactus, you know, all that stuff. Like, I mean,
1: I love the art. Yeah. I love the simplicity and the color scheming. Like I said, it's very pastel, like I said, um, and very bright, which I think just works great.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: in this version of the book, the hardcover we're talking about,
0: there's the back few pages is just Mobius breaking down everything that he did and like talking about like, you know, what he, what he liked, what he thought he could have done better, you know, like, um, but, uh, but overall just talking about the process. And it's really interesting, um, because he'd never really done like. A book like this before <laughs> you know, so so it was kind of like a challenge to him and had he done comic books yes what did, yeah
1: did, um, what did he work on he before? had
0: his own stuff like um uh like i said he'd worked on stuff with jodorowsky and um uh, he did that that blueberry um strip is like the one that he's most known for mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of graphic novels and things like that but like um it's like a very like like i said western cowboy style type thing and um you know and obviously he's just done a lot of like Art and design and things like that. So I mean, uh, it's kind of all over the place. Comics weren't new to him. It was more just like this kind of, you know, sure. superhero type thing. Like you know, he he'd never this done is, anything like
1: that. This is very much like updated Jack Kirby. You know, it's it's all it's pop art. It's not like necessarily yeah. realistic. Like the backgrounds are every panel could like bare. could be like a poster. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like it's. A, it's I think it's beautiful. Cool. And like around this time, I think a lot of the comics were getting like dark and gritty, you know.
0: It, yeah, because this was at right a few years after like Dark Knight Returns and like yeah. all that stuff and
1: um which you know are great in their own right, but this was definitely Yeah. Uh, I I just love the yeah, I I like the contrast of that the kind of lighter imagery even though it's still like pretty dark sad stuff. It's very bright colors and very comic booky. Yeah. and very like you know, like I said, barren backgrounds and That's exactly the note that I had too, as I was like this I was like,
0: this stuff is engaging to look at. It's just so comic books. Yeah. Like, you know, like and in-
1: I love that. I don't need realism or grittiness or yeah. Heavy shading. I yeah, I think that and, and it's it's not even just that too, because I he, said that like I have a vendetta against
0: heavy <laughs> shading. <laughs> Get the fuck out of God, here. God, hate- You shading motherfuckers. No, but um I, I think that it's just everything because he did, you know, the panel layouts, he did the you know, um, they did the, the classic Marvel method, you know, where basically Stanley wrote out a story, Mobius like drew it. And then he went back and was like, okay, in this panel, it's got to say this and like all this stuff, you know, like, and so Mobius did like, you know, the layouts, the colors, he even did the lettering, like, you know, and, and it's, it's all just such pure, like comic book state of mind. I think, you know, it's uh, a, it, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just great. His, his work is great. And I think it should be, you know, this is definitely a story, especially with it being so short too, I think it's worthwhile to read by, like, anybody, like, you know, if you're if you're into comics, at least. Um,
1: I want to look up who, because this actually looks like the uh, Joe Satriani album cover. Oh, yeah. I But I don't have, I'm not connected to the Wi-Fi. Oh, but yeah. But I'd be interested to see if that is from this, because that was probably, like, 88. It probably was, yeah. Or, or it might have been a little earlier, but. I don't know. We can look it up here in a sec. Yeah. Listeners, look that up and, I don't know, call us or message us later or something
0: so like we kind of already went through this with you uh just talking through the story and all that stuff, uh all that stuff but uh um so how does this like work as a as a silver surfer
1: story for you it's perfect yeah it's one and done <laughs> it's like i think it's topically perfect this galactus ex- comes can't <laughs> beat galactus with might but you can beat him with love
0: yeah it's like i, I don't know yeah I, this is exactly the type of stuff that you want out of a silver surfer book it's kind of heady a little philosophical but still has like Cool and crazy cosmic power fights, and um, I love that. Th- this was a side note I wanted to say too. So like, um, this in my head canon, like, fits amazingly well. If you read Stanley's last issue of the original Silver Surfer run, which mm-hmm. was like eighteen issues, right? And he did do an he did do a uh like a graphic novel after that in like eighty two or something, um, and uh, that that one doesn't fit as much, but like Silver Surfer eighteen, the last issue of like the original series. it it, in that issue it ends in like the most bizarre way to end a series ever where norin is just pissed and he's ranting about how cursed he is to be on the planet like because of whatever happened in like the issue right and Mm -hmm. like and he's uh it's almost like he's just giving up on humanity and trying to understand or help them at all and it's funny too because it's just like a full page of him like it's a full page of him just screaming right at you like just like yelling and it's Jack Kirby who did that last issue too. So it's like, it's just like super dramatic. And I, it's just so cool because in my head, if Stanley continued that series, this is it. Cause this is years and years later or whatever. And it's like the future and he's just given up and he hasn't helped in, in forever until
1: he's absolutely needed. Like, I, yeah. I'll bet <laughs> you he did that on purpose. I love that. Like I, 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 I love that so much.
0: <laughs> I think that that's
1: so cool. <laughs> he hadn't read anything in 20 years. <laughs> He's like, Where did I leave the surfer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, um, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I just love that. So, um,
0: yeah, any any other uh, overall thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, No, I mean, I think I've said just about everything I have have in my head. Here. That's cool. Well,
0: I mean, all right, then it's a Silver Surfer parable, polar drop, no trade waiting this time.
1: Story's over. What? There's nothing after. You all can't right. trade wait on well, this one. Well, Nick, I don't like comics. But I like this. Hell yeah. I'm going to pull it. Fuck yeah. Pull it's good. Podcast
0: over, last episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now all your friends like comics. Yeah, that's true. Now all of them do. Oh. All all three <laughs> have been on the show. Well, I don't dislike comics.
0: <laughs> no, but yeah, man. I'm. I Like I said, I was super stoked to start this one. Um, Like I said, first Marvel book. I think we kicked it off with a bang. <laughs> um, oh, this, yeah. this is a
1: really good one. Um, Did you say super... this is the last thing Stanley wrote?
0: No, no. Um, uh, it, it was one of the last, like you know, real comic projects he did like in terms of him really writing. Um, but he did do some stuff after this. Like, um, uh, I think, um, the edition that I had you read, it has that, uh, enslavers in the back, mm-hmm. um, silver surfer enslavers. So like that one is, uh, a few years after
1: this. Um, and he, that's, he wrote that as well.
0: He wrote that. Um, uh, and, and he did do like various things here and there. Um, but like, this was one of the last, like, you know, hit full blown, like, you know, Oh, I'm going to do a project, you know, that type of thing <laughs> that, that he really did. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's quintessentially Marvel. It's quintessentially Stan Lee. And uh, it's just great, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's wonderful. And I think it's a good package. Yeah. I would take it if it was
0: longer, but I mean, it's
1: it's it's good the way it is too.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, great. Um, uh, There you have it, folks. Thanks for listening. If you want to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash none of my friends like comics. That way we can continue to provide you with even more great content. Never expected, but always appreciated. You can follow the show on Twitter at No Comic Friends for updates and fun posts and stuff. Uh, or you can email the show with your comments, opinions, thoughts at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com. And if you mark it okay to air, we'll read it on the air. Uh, we are entirely self funded here and just want to get the word out. So tell your friends and family who might be interested in this to give us a listen. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you on the next page. Bye. <laughs>